Welcome everyone to the Almost Cancelled TV podcast. I am Peter and joining me, as always, is Connor. Yeah, not getting rid of me yet. We talk about pilots, show orders, renewals, cancellations, all that stuff. Premier dates, maybe, amongst others. Premier dates, definitely. There were some weird things. Why did you say it that way? Because I know there's at least one, so we're definitely talking about them. Okay. Is this because of the the thing I sent you before, or is it because you've got one of your coy things that you think I'll have missed? Both. Both? Okay, alright, well. We'll find out, everyone, shall we? Uh, yeah, there's a reasonable amount to talk about today. Um, yeah, before we get into the, the news itself, though, uh, I'll just mention the She-Hulk pilot uh, was this week. So I reviewed that, went up yesterday at the time of recording, so, uh... You're still punishing yourself for those. I won the pilot vote on Patreon, I had no say in it. Pilot... Really? That won the pilot vote? It did. It did. (sighs) I'm disappointed. Yeah. Uh, It was kind of an interesting one to talk about, because most of the first episode was originally meant to be episode 8, so... uh, I they decided to move some things around in post. <laughs> That's pretty hefty moving. Yes. What was meant to be a flashback story later on became like pretty much the, the, the first the episode. Okay, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a... And you can kind of feel it, it feels a little bit weird because of it. So there's some tell signs, but... Uh, um, yeah, so go, go get my thoughts on that. Obviously, the Better Call Saul finale was this past week as well. Me and Connor talked about that for an hour and said goodbye to one of the best shows of the last uh, couple of decades, so go and, go and check that out as well. Um, we are going to be looking at and giving a chance to Outlander um, next weekend. Uh, it's actually already up the first episode for patrons, so uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested and uh, see what we thought of the first episode of that. Uh, so, yeah. Yes, we have thoughts on things occasionally. Yeah, many thoughts, in fact. So Yeah. It's probably too many. So uh, that's all the uh, stuff to, uh, I think, catch you up on before we get into the, the news itself. Uh, we don't have a lot of renewals and cancellations this week. Uh, the Shy's been renewed for season six at Showtime. Uh, I have nothing to really add. I've never seen a single episode of this show. Nope. So, uh, But there you, there you go. You know now. Uh, and Love, Death and Robots has been renewed at Netflix for season four. Uh, how that got past season three at Netflix is uh, anyone's guess. <laughs> Maybe it's doing quite well. Short anthology content, right? So sure. I guess it's... They're not paying... You know, maybe the budget is similar, but they, you know, they, they pay a lot of people to do short things. Some of them are only like five or six minutes, right? Hmm. So I guess it's cheaper than a lot of other stuff that they have. I, I keep meaning to check it out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's the other renewal I've got for you this week. Uh, and now we got some premiere dates. Well, we got a premiere date and a trailer. So the premiere date for Guillermo del Toro's uh, anthology show that's coming to Netflix, which is called Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, it's got kind of like a trailer slash first look kind of thing, but it's like it's got interview bits and stuff in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so a four-day double episode event planned for the Halloween season. Uh, it'll debut on October 25th uh, with two all-new tales, and it will debut daily through October 28th. So they're actually doing a, a staggered release, two episodes a day of this. Uh, so, okay. yeah, so it's got eight episodes all in, so it's two per day. So 
they're, they're, they're experimenting a little bit with how they're releasing content. I mean, this isn't that spread out. It's only daily rather than <laughs> weekly, but uh, it's interesting. This is definitely something we've seen networks do in the past. The the daily kind of splurge of, like, let's kind of not burn through it. It isn't necessarily indicative of quality, but more, like, especially when it's seasonal. I think we've seen it with a few horror things where they'll do it, like the week of Halloween. Here's you know, one a day or two or three a day, depending on how many episodes they've got. Yeah. Um, so I guess it makes it feel more like an event. Uh, so it's, again, that's October 25th to the 28th. So just right before Halloween. So they'll, they'll all be there for Halloween if someone wants to wait and binge them all on the, on the day itself. Uh, there's actually a little descriptions for each episode. I wouldn't bother reading those out. I'll just point out, though, that there's a reasonable, you know, who's who are names in here. Rupert Grint's in an episode. Uh, David Hewlett's in an episode, Tim Blake Nelson's in an episode, uh, you got F. Murray Abram and Peter Weller from Robocop. So there's a bunch of bunch of names sprinkled in there uh, across the episodes. So yeah, so it's a horror anthology show uh, by Del Toro. Um, I, I'm not sure how much, I don't know if he's like, directed any of the episodes, but he's obviously the producer and curating uh, this. So, uh, in fact, yeah, each of these have directors. Catherine Hardwick's doing one of them. Uh, Vincenzo Natale is doing one of them. I want to say that's the guy that Cube. If, remember, if my memory is serving me right. Um, yeah, I don't recognize all of the rest of them, but there's a couple of recognizable director names in there. Oh, Panos Cos- Cosmatos. I do like him, actually. I'm not familiar, by name, anyway. Uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Uh, okay. Love it. I've not seen it, but I'm I'm familiar with it. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, so and then we got a trailer for our Netflix show, which is coming later this year. No, no precise date or anything yet. Uh, but we got the first trailer for Wednesday, which is the Adams Family show starring uh, Jenny Ortega. Uh, it comes from uh, unfortunately Tim Burton. I'm I'm still expecting an October date for this. I, I know they Probably. haven't given it yet, but like I, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, you know, a little bit closer. You know, a couple of weeks into September, it's like ah, and it's coming. Mid October, you know, early to mid October would be my guess. Yeah, probably probably done. Well, it'll be all be one go, but probably before the Del Toro thing would be my yeah. guess. Yeah, uh, it's a shame it's her name's not Friday because then they could get Rebecca Black to do a do a sing song for it. Yeah, why not do one anyway? I'll change the lyrics to Friday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Can you remember any of the lyrics after that? Well, I was going to change them anyway to... Oh, okay. But I don't know, it's, it's gotta get down on Friday. Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Something, something till the weekend? Something, something at the weekend? Something, oh, the, the, the... Uh, look, it's been... Over a decade. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say over a decade. It's over a decade. And no one has listened to that song in <laughs> over a decade. I'll never forget sitting in the front seat, kicking in the back seat, though. That that's always uh stuck for some reason that that line's ingrained into my brain. <laughs> Say what you want, but that 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 was culture. <laughs> for I don't know, this is something absurd about why are you saying about both? You're either in the front seat, you're in the back seat. Why why are you reminiscing about both? You can't do both at the same time. <laughs> Multiple Fridays, obviously. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, so she did. I think she did later release a song called Saturday, which was kind of like a spiritual sequel. 
the Friday. Didn't make the same cultural impact. It was, I saw it in passing. Someone posted a link to it, and then that was it. I never heard about it again. But Sounds about right. I'm just saying, if she, if she gets around to Wednesday, if she keeps going... <laughs> I, I know she is still doing stuff, like music stuff. Uh, there, there was a thing, or at least she was not that long ago. So I remember kind of just seeing a clip of something of her being like, yeah, why not? Screw it. Yeah, well... Yeah, so what did you think of the trailer for Wednesday, then? It looks like a Tim Burton trailer. <laughs> uh, you know, for better or for worse. I, think if, I don't think it's going to win anyone over that's not already a fan of that, but I don't... But I think if you are a fan of that, you'll probably enjoy this. At least judging by this trailer. I think... Um, this is frustrating because obviously I hate Tim Burton stuff. I, I, I don't like his style. I don't like a lot of what he does. Uh, this sucks because I actually really like the two Adams Family movies from the early 90s and Wednesday probably is a lot of people's favourite character because you got the black humour of this evil little girl who is just awful to people. And the, the yeah. big thing in this trailer mostly is her releasing a bunch of, was it Piranha? Into, I'm assuming they were Piranhas, uh, yeah. Into the swimming pool at, at the school. Uh, but the plot of the show seems to be that because she gets expelled for that, she's going to be going to like a pi- private school which maybe is full of other weirdos. <laughs> um, so maybe it's it's not a bad premise. It's not a bad premise, and I do think Wednesday's as a character, her humor, uh, you know, the, the line at the end, uh, "Do you fancy taking a stab at uh, socializing?" I do like stabbing. Like that that humor does appeal to me. I just the Tim Burtonness of it all's is not going to work for me. I know it's not. So, but let's let's be honest. You're going to try it anyway. Pilot, you know, whether it wins a pilot vote or not. <laughs> no, 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 no. If it wins the pilot vote, I have to do it. If it does not win the pilot vote, I do not have you, to you do You have it. morbid curiosity and you no will one. do it anyway. You, you don't have to do it, but you will. Not no, but just, just think, Just think of all the people who are going to click on that video to, to see your thoughts. All those juicy, juicy numbers. Yes, the dozens of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And you want to please them. Nope, no, nope, I did not. I don't believe you. It's the last thing I want to do. Uh, next up, Netflix again experimenting. Uh, released an extra episode of Sandman, just casually. Yeah, two part episode. <laughs> I, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, one of them is the uh, I can't remember the, the the title, but the 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 cat dreaming issue, which was one of the things I was most excited to see them tackle in. I was assuming season two. And then, oh, there it is. Yeah, it's part animated, apparently. It's, it's, uh... I'm not surprised, because you're not getting cats to do that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so that's, that's, I mean, so if it's two episodes, technically, that brings it up to 12 for the season? Yeah, well, it's still only, like, just over an hour long for okay. the episode, but it's, like, two halves. It's telling two separate stories. Oh, so it's one episode, it just happens to have two stories in it, okay. Yeah, but I, to be fair to them, they probably could have just released it as two, unless there's some particular narrative thread that I'm, you know, I've, I've not seen. But at least some of the episodes were pretty short. I think there was one that was only like 35, 40 minutes uh, compared to most of them being around an hour. I wonder if releasing it as two episodes though changes how they have to pay people. Probably. So maybe that's the reason for it. No, it's one episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
yeah so yeah weird weird thing they just dropped a bonus episode uh, uh nowhere so i'd be curious to see again if netflix keep experimenting just just go weekly you bastards stop stop you know pussyfooting around uh but interesting all the same uh next up we got some cw news uh so the the first thing here is that um we're getting a new corporate home and uh, next stars uh going to be taking 75 percent ownership soon and they're going to be the, the new sort of primary owners of the network this uh, is the one that we talked about a little while back right where yeah. they were basically getting for like free to take on the debt and the other thing that's important here and you know what's interesting is that mark pedowitz who's currently the ceo of cw is staying on in that role like he's not going anywhere so see i don't think that's that interesting because that's normal in these deals for them to stay on for like two to three years and then they'll transition out after that i mean yeah maybe it'll change uh but it does make me wonder if other things that were in the works of the network will still be coming on because he was still involved in bringing them in or mm. if you know I, but the more entertaining thing to talk about is some of the the post talk that came out of this is they casually mentioned that they're going for a more broader and cheaper uh you know shows they want to be more successful <laughs> for less money and one of the things they pointed out when explaining all this is part of the reason why they think the CW is the lowest rated amongst the five main networks. Now, you think of the things that are on the CW. You think of the, all these DC superhero shows. You think of Riverdale. You think of, uh, you know, your Supernaturals, whatever. The Vampire Diaries and its million spin-offs. There you Those go. Things, the the yeah. hundred that was a CW show, I think. Yep. The average age of the CW viewer... <laughs> Is fifty eight years old? No, no, it's not. They might think it is. Whatever weird data they've got suggests that it's wrong. No, no, I believe. I actually believe this number. I'm not saying the average person who watches all these shows is fifty eight, but the average person who watches the linear channel, I could believe that's fifty eight. I mean, yeah, I assumed they would be including their own like on demand thing that they have whatever their CW, they have one, I can't remember what it's called. Is it Star? CW? No. They, they have Seed. CW Seed, right? Okay, right, sure. That, that, was, that was a thing, which, which is where they put, like, you know, it's their own just, uh, you know, they all go up the next night sort of thing, just on online, you know, catch up. Yeah, but also most of the shows were going to Netflix for a long time, and then recently, obviously, HBO Max. Well, I mean, we'll see where that goes now, because obviously things are all over in chaos there. But... Um, well, that later, I assume. I do think there is some truth to this, and it does it, has, it does make sense as well that uh, I mean their key demographic rating numbers have not been great the last few years, which does imply that a lot of their viewers are over that demographic, meaning they're over uh, forty eight or something. Like that. Over forty nine, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, eighteen to forty nine is the key demo. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not actually that weird when when you stop and think about like the parameters of which this number like came from. Um, maybe that means that they're going to try and have more content aiming for older, or maybe it'll be no, they're going to try and pull in the younger viewers properly with uh, just broader shows, and that might mean less nerd shit. That might mean that your superhero stuff goes away, even though in the movie side of things, Marvel's made it the most broad thing imaginable. Maybe on CW, that means more generic TV like the other networks. Maybe that means more doctor and cop and lawyer shows. I wonder as well, like, um... 
can't remember what the show was, but they've got the uh, it's Catherine McNamara starring. It was like a western one, right? Oh yes, yeah, the uh, it's the Walker uh, prequel. Yes, I feel like that that kind of ties into this where that that's in for like okay, you've got like, you know you've got things like Yellowstone being a success, right? Mm. You know, you, you, there's oh like maybe we can tap into that because it's less nerdy and maybe maybe broader because they've got oh there's there's a market for that elsewhere. Maybe we can have a slice of that. Yeah, um, I don't know. It was it was a good chuckle. People were posting the memes and uh, all sorts. Basically, said CW. Uh, my favorite tweet that I saw, but this was uh, it was the Steve Buscemi. How do you do, fellow kids? That's what CW is. <laughs> yeah, it's just them um, pretending yeah. they're aiming at like you know teens and twenty somethings, but in actual fact, it's like all these like sixty, seventy year olds watching Riverdale. Well, th- th- those pensioners have taste. <laughs> Aye, aye. Uh, so, yeah, uh, worth mentioning that. Uh, and another bit of CW news here. This is a bit wild. This so we stopped watching the show, but uh, Jordan Eslas, who plays Jonathan Kent on Superman and Lois, has abruptly left the show and will be recast for season three. Uh, apparently, he was scheduled to sort of meet, start meeting up in you know the, in Vancouver when they start reconvening and on the build up to actually shooting the show and all the prep and he didn't make it um apparently he's dropping out for personal reasons there's there's no kind of like you know reason you know nothing's been given more than that it's just as you know personal or family related so whether he's going through personal troubles whether he's got family issues to take care of maybe it's not a personal thing for him but someone else no one knows like, it could be anything really uh but he's just not there and i haven't stopped watching the show so i don't really have like a concern in this anymore but i will say from having watched season one in a bit he was one of the better actors on the show, so that is a bit of a shame. Just on a, a law, you know, a, a raw kind of, yeah, you know, talent. It's weird level. as well, like they're choosing to just straight up recast two seasons in a, you know, full on main character, and it's not like when they recast someone who was a smaller character, and then you know, oh, okay, we're you know, we're we're making them a bigger role now, so we'll recast them. It's just, you know, straight up going, oh, no, we'll recast them instead of choosing to write them out or anything. Yeah, maybe they've just got big plans for the character and it's just there was too much of a pivot to... I think they do, because I think... Because uh, I did see this earlier in the week and they mentioned that they had, like, a big arc planned for season three for, for the character. And they've probably, you know, mapped out a lot of the season at this point if they're just getting ready to start prepping yeah. the shoot. So it probably would have been too much of an undertaking to, you know, hastily redo what, you know... And, you know, he's one of the four main characters of the show, so even if you just assume he was going to get a quarter of each episode, roughly, give or take, episode to episode, that's a lot to... You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got 25% of your first batch of episodes that you're about to shoot. Like, what, what are you doing in that, that screen time, you know? So, yeah, recasting yeah. just kind of makes some sense. Uh, it's a shame when it happens, because obviously it's a little distracting from a, just, like, a viewer's perspective, because you're like, that's not this character. <laughs> But, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens to the best of shows, e- e- even Better Call Saul. Yeah, um, there is a little bit of scalpel here that it could all be an excuse for some of his. Uh, apparently, he's been awkward about vaccinations and stuff like that, and has. I'm not gonna lie, that was one of the first things that, you know, came to mind. Mm. Uh, but... And yeah, he apparently used an exception during filming season two. Um, and he said a couple of things here or there about vaccinations and about what he thinks they do, you know, 
you know, bullshit anti-vaxxer stuff. But it's... Yeah, I mean, it's a shame if that is the reason and it's just kind of, like, it's become this weird sticking point for some people that they, they, they just can't yeah. get past it and have to make a fuss about it. Um, It's, yeah... Yeah, it's just sad. I mean, ultimately, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, I would never make a fuss about it. <laughs> Says the man who's terrified of needles. Yeah, yeah. How do you? That's fa- unrelated. Here's here's a question for you. Are, are you equally scared of acupuncture needles? Do they freak you out? They they make me uncomfortable, but not in the same way. You should definitely watch Final Destination Five. Uh, I, I, do you know, like, I could watch that. That wouldn't, but that would bother me less than just when, I, like, if there's just an injection in like a uh, any movie or TV show. I have to look away. I can't watch sure, it. Sure, sure. You should definitely watch. Whereas that. I couldn't watch that, and it, it made me feel uncomfortable. But also, I'm watching at that point a horror movie, so like, sure, I'm okay with feeling uncomfortable at that point. All right, all right. You, you should you should watch Realization Five. Uh, I've got past three. Uh, not not that the, the, there was a particular reason, I just, just never got, you know, watched any more after that. Three's the worst one, honestly. I, I, I don't remember hating it. I don't remember it being that Clearly it wasn't good enough for me to go, oh, I need to see the next one. But I don't remember it being, like, terrible. I just remember being like... Oh, I, I, I just recorded the, the the fifth one on streams, and we've, we've worked through them all over the last few months. And I, uh, you know, just an appreciation for which what, what works and what ones and what doesn't in others. Uh, mm. Four or five aren't great movies by any means, but the the deaths are better and sillier than than three. I will say that. Uh, so yeah, we yes, that's, uh, uh, Jonathan Kent will be looking very different come season three. Uh, so look forward to that. I guess. Uh, little update on the John Wick prequel series. Um, it's moved network. It was going to be on Stars, and it's instead going to be on Peacock. Um, now we know that Lionsgate might be getting ready to sell stars. Apparently, that's got nothing to do with why this moved. Apparently, this was just a better fit for mm. for for, uh, for the Continental. Uh, what I didn't know though is this is only a three part series. Is it? Yeah, just it was casually in this article, and I went, "Wait, what? What's this?" That's that's news. I'm I'm surprised because like this is a better fit. I, I'm not like I'm not gonna go out and bat for stars. But that didn't feel like a weird place for it to be. Like, that felt like a perfectly natural place to have a little John Wick show. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently uh, it's something to do with, like, because of things like Outlander, like, Stars feels like it's skewing a bit more female demographic, mm. and this is obviously maybe skewing a bit more male, so they thought Peacock was better. Not not that uh, Lionsgate has any connection to Peacock. They, they obviously have just made a deal with Peacock to... Yeah, to be the home for it, um, but interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I'm, I'm still sk- no update on when that's coming, is there? Do you know, I'm skimming this article for where it said three parts because I read this earlier and I was surprised when I saw it. I'm just trying to confirm it. <laughs> um, and I, I can't see it. Maybe, maybe I maybe I read this in another article. I'm, I'm confusing two things together. Da, 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 da. It's going to launch in 2023. Uh, when, when I Google John Wick TV show, the first thing it says the Continental TV miniseries on IMD, you know, is the, is what it's listed as. Many, yeah, well, miniseries would back up three parts. It, it, it would. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, three parts. Yeah, I definitely saw that. So I just can't find it again. But yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah. I'm not crazy. That's good. Oh, is whoever has updated that on IMDb has also seen that somewhere. Yeah. No, so that's fine. Uh, so yeah, Charlotte. I thought I was expecting that to be like a full TV show for whatever reason. Yeah, I was never expecting like a full like anything more than a limited series. To be honest, um, because it was always just this prequel. I always expected just like, it's, that's it. That's this it. is the story in and out. But I, I thought it would have been like six or eight parts at least. That said, I'm more expecting like prominent actors to show up from the movies now. Maybe not uh, Reeves, but like I could see Lance Reddick and stuff popping up in this now. If it's only three episodes, so it'd probably be easier to get some of the the faces in. Yeah, you get like McShane's in the, the yeah. first one, right? Yeah, like so. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll throw throw some of these bigger actors in there. Personally, SD Power. Um. All right. Next up, um, I don't have too much on HBO Max uh, this week, but they did pull a bunch of shows, uh, mostly kids and animated stuff. By the looks of it, uh, the only one that I really recognised was two hundred episodes of Sesame Street got pulled. Um. Yeah. There's. This was a bit concerned because some of these shows were meant like there was at least. I don't know which show it was, but it's it had two seasons pulled. It was meant to have a third season coming in the near future. The creators were working on it. You know, they were, they were animating it. It was all written. They didn't have any... This is the first they've heard and went, oh, I guess this, you know, this third season is never going to come out. Yeah, uh, I've got a quote here from uh, creator Julia Pot from Summer Camp Island, which I've never heard of. I mean, it's a kid, you know, kids anime thing. I've never heard of it. But um, it was a ver- very potent quote. It was... Um, we worked for five years to make a hundred episodes of animation, so that's a you know it's a lot of episodes. Uh, she wrote on Twitter. Uh, we worked late into the night. We let ourselves go. We were a family of hardworking artists who wanted to make something beautiful. HBO Max just pulled them all like we were nothing. Animation is not nothing. So I mean, the the, the morale amongst people who made some of these exclusive HBO Max shows that are just being pulled with no home. Are... Yeah, I think it was pulled like instantly as well. Like some people were like it would it would pull them out in the middle of an episode mm. they just pause the episode like just stop low and went oh yeah this no longer available uh, i've seen a lot of speculation that because you know the the official logline is cost saving measures um <laughs> there's been some t- debate okay is this a more tax virus but some of it seems like it's maybe too old to count for tax yeah write-offs. i don't think you can tax write off something that was already finished and released like i think yeah you're past that um, point the current prevailing theory is uh to stop having to pay residuals yeah, I imagine some of it may get shot, you know, they may actually try and make profit on it by selling it to other streaming services for them to have it, because they maybe. can make some money on that. Uh, maybe they'll do that with some of them that they think they can get after a figure for, but maybe some of them not. Um, yeah, whatever's going on with Aslov and everything at Warner Discovery right now is, is, is kind of just distressing and just kind of a mess of things. And hopefully it settles over time. And we kind of see, like, we can make some sense of what the plan is going forward eventually, but right now, it feels like we're just all over the place with this shit. Yeah, Discovery are just, because it's not limited to just HBO Max, I know this is less relevant, but I know they pulled out of their uh, uh, their financing of GB News uh, mm. this week, which... That's, well, that's not a bad thing, is it? Because that's a shit Yeah, Yeah, that, 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 that is a shell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it's there's a lot going. Oh, they might go bankrupt now. Good, let them. Yeah, that, um, that was for anyone who doesn't know what GB News is. It was basically an attempt to do Fox News in the UK. So uh, good riddance. Yep. Yes, <laughs> um, but it was more just like, oh, oh no, this is a this is an across the board lo- thing that they're looking at. It's not limited to just you know HBO Max or you know these shows or you know, whatever they are. 
they are looking at absolutely everything. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, Warner Brothers beforehand, there were you know there was dodgy decisions being made. You know, like some of the people in charge weren't great, and some baffling choices. You know, we we've mocked for like a decade at this point of their failure to do anything reasonable with DC, bar and a few exceptions. So, like, it wasn't hunky dory. But this this like last couple of weeks of uh, just like gutting everything and making decisions that feel contradictory to what you're supposed to do <laughs> which is release content <laughs> they're also really bad at releasing content in the uk like especially like animated content mm. uh like for home release it's it's a nightmare on a lot of it to get hold of it because they just don't release it they're like yeah yeah it's fine yeah i don't, I don't really want to import it no one else makes me import it just just you warner because warner gonna warner yeah so it was worth pointing out and there may be more updates to that coming in the future uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see what else Aslov uh, and Co do <laughs> over the next little while. Might be a weekly saga at this point. <laughs> Eventually, they'll run out of things to get rid of, though, or, or they'll really start getting rid of some big stuff. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past them at this point. Yeah, wild. Uh, no, that that uh, that HBO, you know, the, the Game of Thrones prequel that's meant to air like you know to tomorrow night or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tax write off. Don't worry about it. No, I actually saw a headline today. They've spent $100 million on advertising. They're not pulling that. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, uh, AEW this week, you know, the wrestling show I watched this week, it was all like co-branded. It was like, there was the House of the Dragons episode of Dynamite and they had like the branding all over everything and such Are, are you looking forward to it, Pete? No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you are watching it, aren't you? I don't think so. No, it didn't, didn't win. What? It was, it was, it was like, Fifth on the, the list. What? No, it wasn't. It was! I don't believe this list at this point. It, it, it was like She-Hulk at number one, and then there was like three things tied, although one of them was the Lord of the Rings show, which got pushed. The other two were Five Days of Memorial, which I did last week. And... It was Andor that got pushed, by the way. Oh, Andor got pushed. Sorry, it was Andor got pushed. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Lord of, Lord of the Rings was already Ring. next month. That was already next Speaking month. Lord of the Rings, slight adjustment to its air date. What? What? They, they they moved it from September second, uh, to September first. Don't ask me why. But they did. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's going out a day earlier now. Bunch of weirdos. All right. Uh, yeah. I have to. I mean, maybe it's just a simple thing. I mean, I would have thought that a lot of kids stuff just gets binged a lot because parents put it on for the kids, so it probably gets a lot of views. And and the reality is with kids as well. When they find something that they like, they'll watch it on repeat a oh, thousand, yeah. thousand million times. That will that will play on, and which is probably why they're like, shit, this is costing us a lot of residuals because it just gets played over and over and over and over again. But I, I do wonder, like, yeah, if, like the the more those are what we say grown up shows, but you know what I mean, like regular shows, because of yeah. the type of people who watch them, meaning adults, uh, like they they just like maybe because there's so many episodes of this animated stuff, and because. Yeah, sure, some of them, like, have toy sales and stuff to, like, back them up, which makes them really worthwhile having, but not all of them do. You know, I, I don't know that you get a lot of merchandise out of Summer Camp Island. I mean, there's probably some. I imagine there's some somewhere, but... Yeah, the close one... I know there was an Aquaman show that was a couple of seasons in on there. Mm, okay. That, that got canned. It's a canned, pulled. I'm assuming it got canned as well, but... You would think so if, if you know, if it's pulled. Uh... Yeah, there are a little just tidbit. I mentioned the other one last week, so it felt weird not to mention this one this week. Is uh, we've got another grown-up version of a character on Yellow Jacket's been cast. Simone Kessel is joining the cast as a 
adult version of one of the, the previously unseen adults of the teens in yellow jackets. Again, I won't say which one, even though the articles are all saying it in the headlines. I'll be nice and not say who it is. But, uh, so there's a couple Very of characters who we weren't sure if they were going to exist in the present day stuff, meaning they could have died, or maybe they stayed in the wilderness or something, whatever the case may have been. But we, we know two of them are, are coming now, uh, which is which is cool. Which is cool. Uh, so, nice. Um, and then one last little tidbit before we get to the, the, the dramas. We don't have any comedies to speak for whatever reason. Uh, but just a small thing for Stranger Things Season 5. Uh, the creators actually just casually dropped a little tidbit on it. Is that they won't be introducing any new major characters for the fifth season. Because at this point there's too many to, to bother just, adding more. I wonder if if the article I saw was like... Because the article I saw was they said they'll try not to add more characters. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, here's the, uh... I don't know if maybe mine was, because I, I didn't read the full thing, I just kind of yeah. skimmed. Here's the quote anyway, just, you know, people can make their own of it. Whenever we introduce a new character, we want to make sure that they're going to be an integral part of the narrative. Uh, but every time we do that, we're nervous because you go, we've got a great cast of characters here and actors, and at any moment we're spending with a new character, we're taking away time from one of the other actors. So we're just very, very careful about who we're introducing. Um, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, they're going to that try lines and... up more with the try not to, yeah. doesn't it? I think this makes sense. There's a big cast at this point because they've added, you know, a couple each season. Arguably too big. Arguably too big. Uh, and there's definitely one character I would have liked to have seen killed off in season four. I love season four, but there's one character I could have seen killed off quite happily. Hmm. Uh, but... Uh, so I'm glad that they're going with this mentality because they've they've set up a big you know story to get into the final season and there's there's a lot to do there's a lot of characters to like that we want time with because uh, most of them are are liked there's only a couple that are kind of more lukewarm the, the most of them by and large are, are loved by most people uh, some more than others obviously but uh, it's I thought it was uh, worth mentioning uh, this little nugget of information did we ever talk about how they're uh, George Lucasing the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the big news item about how there's going to be a spin-off and uh, they're doing those other projects and Netflix and all that other stuff, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, just with them editing the the older episodes. Oh, no, no, we never talked about that. I know they had a couple of uh, not-quite-finished FX in the finale that they'd inserted in later because <laughs> they ran they out did. of time. And then, and then there was, there was some interviews after that where, you know, someone obviously asked them about that and they went, oh, yeah, we've done that with loads of things on all the older episodes. We've, like, edited and removed things and changed little bits throughout, like, a bunch of the older episodes. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I certainly didn't notice anything when I rewatched, because I rewatched seasons one, two, three, just before season four. Um, I did not notice anything being different. Yeah. So, I don't know if this is something that they're doing long after the fact, or if it's just, like, just after the seasons came out, they're going back and tinkering with little effect things and yeah, yeah, the way it was said made it feel like it was, you know, a good while after the fact. Like, they were changing things to line up better, like dates and stuff like that, maybe. Oh, I don't mind that so much. Like, see if they're actually cutting lines and, like, you know, cutting out snippets of scenes, that's one thing. But if they're just, like, digitally altering what a date on a calendar says or something to, yeah. to match, I'm like, ah, I, I can't live with I, that. I, I am sure, since they said this, people have been... Reddit's probably sleuthed it all by now. Yeah. 
And I've not seen any big outcries about how they've altered, you know, there's no hand shot first bollocks from any of this. Uh, at least no one's found any yet. <laughs> um, but, no, this was only a few weeks ago. Maybe people haven't scouted through yet. I don't know. Like, see if it's just changing dates or maybe like altering a photograph because they've cast an actor later or something and they want, want to alter match. Like, I mean, I don't think you need to do it, but I can accept that. That's not really altering the, the presentation or like any of the characterization or stuff. So. Yeah. Like, I, I can be okay with that. Uh, all right, let's get into the, the dramas we're going to talk about this week then. We got Ally McBeal. There's a sequel in the works at Why? ABC. Because <laughs> it was successful and they want more. <laughs> so it's been two decades since it ended. It's uh, season five uh, on Fox. And ABC are developing a sequel. Um, it starred Calista Flockhart back in the day. Um... And it's, uh, so here we go. So Red and Zach produced by uh, Karen Gist, or Gist, I'm going to assume soft G, but, uh, I hear the new show, this is the deadline rare, I hear the new show will follow a young black woman who joins the law firm from the original series, or its current incarnation, straight out of law school. The young woman is believed to be the daughter of Ally McBeal's DA roommate, Renee Raddick, who was played by Lisa Nicole Carson on the Mothership series. The Mothership series, what a phrasing. Uh, Flockhart has been approached to reprise her role uh, from the original series in some capacity and to executive produce the show. So, yeah, mentor role. Maybe she'll be in charge in the workplace. I'm or whatever. sure she'll guest here or there. Obviously, we know from experience where it shoots permanently will depend on how significant that role will be. Yeah, but they can make the choice now to shoot in LA. They're, they're just starting. <laughs> they can, but they might decide that's too expensive. Uh, they may, they may. Uh, it depends how much they want her. I mean, it'd probably be a, it'd probably be a big selling point to have the lead be like the you know the singer lawyer whatever the <laughs> the role would be. Yeah, you know, maybe she's a partner of the law firm though. I don't know. Uh, but they they could probably get away with it enough with even her just having her there a couple of times, being like, oh no no, she's she's pretty high up, she's busy. Yeah. So yeah, I never saw Ali McBeal, so I have no. No, I've seen, like, snippets, but I've never yeah. seen a whole episode. I remember the DVD box sets being on, like, the shelves and stuff back when DVD box sets for TV shows were, like, big and there was tons of them. I, don't, I remember seeing them in the in the blocks. I mean, there still are tons of them, because people still buy DVDs, apparently. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But there you go, that's how I maybe was getting a sequel series. Uh, next up, uh, still with ABC here, uh, Neve Campbell is going to lead uh, on a series called Avalon. It's a drama series based on Michael Connolly's short story from DVD Kelly, who, funnily enough, DVD Kelly created the original Ally McBeal that we just spoke about. <laughs> so, hmm. uh, time is a flat circle and all that jazz. Um, so, uh, Campbell's collaborating with Kelly, um, fellow Avalon executive producer Ross Feynman and A&E Studios. Avalon uh, got a straight-to-series order from ABC, and it'll take place in the city of Avalon on Catalina Island, where LA Sheriff's Department Detective Nicole Nick Cersei, played by Campbell, heads up a small office. Catalina has a local population that serves more than one million tourists a year, and each day when the ferries arrive, hundreds of potential new stories enter the island. Detective Cersei is pulled into a career-defining mystery that will challenge everything she knows about herself and the island. 
it's it's super networky, but it's not it's not hitting the the rule. It's not thing. quite. It's it's playing on the cadence, but without having the actual substance to back it up. Yeah, yeah, that sounds very generic. Yeah, it's pretty generic. Uh, I mean, at the very least, the setting is vaguely interesting. You've got an island, small island population, but with lots of tourists coming in and out. So it's at least got, an interesting, you know, place. I got a little bit interested at first when you said Avalon because that's I, I I just thought of Arthurian stuff because Avalon's the the island which is like that like afterlife basically where you you don't you don't need the island where you don't die. Oh well, yeah. sorry. And, and and then it was oh, it's a detective show, and I got a bit disappointed. Yeah, so they insulted her with an offer for Scream Six that she turned down, and got more money from ABC to be in this show. I mean, a bit be consistent at least, right? Mm. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, there's the potential that if this is successful, she'll have a steady paycheck for years. So years, that's yeah. maybe part of the appeal as well. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, Avalon at ABC. Uh, next up, Weird and uh, New Jersey, I assume. It's Weird NG, but I assume it just means New Jersey. Uh, this is from Sony tele uh, Pictures Television. They've acquired the rights to Mark Moran and Mark uh, Skirman's Weird New Jersey magazines uh, and broader Weird US franchise for development as a live-action horror comedy series. Uh, it comes from little demon creator Kieran Valla. Uh... And New Jersey native and filmmaker David Kaufman and Vertigo Entertainment. Uh, these magazines were first published in 1993. Uh, Weird New Jersey is a beloved travel guide to all the places you won't find on a tourist map uh, by focusing on locations and stories that are weird or are unique, uh, all told by local New Jerseyans. <laughs> this sounds like it's marketed at Tim. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, it spread a lot of like New Jersey folklore and untold history and stuff like that. Uh, they just did their 58th issue, so that tells you like how frequent it is. You know, it's 58 issues since 1993. It's not that frequent, you know, it's like, you know, uh, a couple a year, maybe three a year sometimes, give or take. Someone do the math. Yeah. yeah, two a year sounds about right. Two years, yeah. more or less, yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Which makes sense. There can't be that many places. <laughs> they probably they probably spend six months researching their next like, area before they talk about it. Uh, so yeah, the show will be based on the well-known Weird New Jersey magazines about an estranged family that is forced to, uh, for, sorry, forced by destiny to protect New Jersey from evil. They must temper their resentments and battle a supernatural ad adversary who plans to destroy the Garden State and then the world. Think it's always sunny in Philadelphia, meet Stranger Things, but it's all set in Jersey. Okay. They, they caught you there with that always sunny. Uh, they did, because I wasn't expecting that, like that, to be the vibe that it was aiming for. Like everything in that description, I was like, okay, it, it doesn't sound bad, but I wasn't expecting. Yeah, like okay, I'm I'm assuming that's trying to tell me like what these family of characters are, are going to feel like, right? They're, they're, yeah. they're, I think they're trying to tell me they're going to feel kind of like the gang. Yeah, probably not exactly, but yeah. On, no, on the... but in, in vibe, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I wonder if they actually travel around the state going to these different locations. You would think they would, given what it's based on. I think they kind of have to. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Like, oh, stop the weird shit that's happening at this place. And you've got 50 issues, you know. 
I mean, you could do that one per episode, and that would be a few seasons, but I suspect it maybe served them better to, like, you know, focus on maybe some of them for a few episodes each, you know, and give them little arcs on each one. You can mix and match, right? Yeah. Maybe some are like, hey, this is a one-issue, you know, like, you know, this is a one-episode thing, this one is maybe three or four. Yeah, or maybe, like, this one's a bigger deal, so that's the season-long arc that's sort of gradually going whilst they're doing all these other, you know, quicker ones, and, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could incorporate them into the, you know, because maybe it'll just be a thing where there's a season-long story that incorporates, like, a few of them, and that's kind of your first season, and then they go from there, so. All right, that sounds interesting enough. I know, like, Homer Network for it. It's Sony that's uh, it's, uh, developing it, though, so uh, we'll see where that ends up. Mm. Um, all right, uh, next up, uh, Ruth Wilson, who was in The Affair, and uh, Peaky Blinders is going to join Daryl McCormick and they're going to be in a new Showtime slash BBC series so it's a co-production between them it's called The Woman in the Wall and it's inspired by Ireland's controversial uh, Magdalene Laundries now I'd never heard of this uh, when I saw this article today. do you know what this is? Magdalene Laundries? not by name you're going to be wondering why you've not heard of it when I tell you what this is. And uh, the 6x60 gothic thriller. I don't actually know what that is. I assume that's maybe like the dimension of something. I don't, I don't understand what 6x60 means, but whatever. Uh, two-time BAFTA nominee Wilson will play Lorna Brady, who wakes one morning to find a corpse in her house. Brady has no idea who the dead woman is or if she herself might be responsible for the apparent murder. Because she has a long suffered from extreme bouts of sleepwalking. The episodes begin during her teenage years when she was incarcerated in one of Ireland's, uh, one of Ireland and the Catholic Church's most notorious Magdalene laundries, where fallen women were sent to atone for their sins, such as adultery and teenage pregnancy. Um, uh, the other guy, McCormick, he will play ambitious but elusive detective uh, Coleman Akandi who is on Lorna's tale for a crime seemingly unrelated to the dead woman in Lorna's house. Uh, Coleman has risen quickly through the ranks of the local police force, but is hiding his own dark secrets. So the reason why I'm saying you're surprised, I'm surprised that neither of us have heard of this, is this, this next part about the real thing, right? So the actual, st- I don't know how much of the story in the characters is anything about reality, but the laundries themselves is a real thing. The Magdalene Laundries operated in Ireland for more than 200 years, but it wasn't until 1993 when the unmarked graves of 155 women were uncovered in the convent grounds of one of the laundries that media uncovered the operations of the secretive institutions. A formal state apology was issued in 2013 and a £50 million compensation scheme for survivors was set up by the Irish government. Basically, it sounds like they did a lot of heinous shit and a lot of people died as a result. And Sorry. Are you telling me the Catholic Church is bullshit? I said no such thing. I, I, I think that was a very strong implication. But I'll say it. <laughs> I was simply reading the facts. Yeah. Yeah, the facts are stated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I, I wish I could say I was surprised. But, <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah. I just when I read that part, I was like, I'm surprised I've not heard of this in passing at some point. I mean, 155 graves, <laughs> you know, in secret is is a pretty notable amount. It is, and that's just at one of them. And the idea that you know the state, you know, the Irish government actually set up this apology and like, okay, we're going to start paying out the families of the to the, the people who suffered from this. 
uh, is quite notable. So yeah, uh, so it's a prime contender for a gritty, tense TV show, then, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, somewhat interesting. That's the woman in the wall. Uh, is the name of that. So Showtime and BBC are uh, developing it. Uh, next up, uh, so Netflix are looking for another soapy period drama. They, of course they, they are. Obviously they've had success with uh, that trash, Bridgerton. And as a result, they're... Beloved trash, I believe. They're looking to Orange's new black creator, uh, Genji Cohen, uh, who they've got a, a deal with. Uh, to develop, uh, in fact, they've even ordered an eight-episode series called the Dec- Decameron. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. Uh, also from Kathleen Jordan, creator of Netflix's Teenage Bounty Hunters, uh, which I vaguely remember that coming out. I don't know if I ever. I, I remember the trailer very distinctly and be like, "Oh my god, this looks awful." I assume it cancelled after one season, but I don't know for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, so created by Jordan, who's actually going to be the one showrunning it. Uh, the Decameron is set in 1348 when the Black Death, the deadliest pandemic in human history. We'll see how uh, we catch up in the present day here before you go around making grand statements like that. (laughs) Which killed as many as 200 million people. Uh, It strikes hard in the city of Florence. A handful of nobles are invited to retreat with their servants to a grand villa in the Italian countryside and wait out the pestilence with a lavish holiday. This sounds so... Like upper class snobbery bullshit, <laughs> but as the social as social rules wear thin, what starts as a wine soaked sex romp in the hills of Tuscany descends into an all out scramble for survival. So I guess the fun of it is that you're going to see that this uh all these posh rich people break down and succumb to the the chaos. Yeah, what are you looking at? Yeah, it sounds like it. I-, I was looking up the name because I was like, what is this? Um. It seems it, it's a book, from, uh, like an old Italian book. Ah. Uh, from like, you know, what, the 1300s, I think? Oh, yeah, there's a paragraph uh, down here. I could have told you something. It's loosely inspired by the Decameron. The Decameron. I'm having trouble saying that word for some reason. Uh, the famous collection of witty, racy, and sometimes tragic short stories about love by the 14th century Italian author Giovanni Boccaccio. So. Yeah, which uh, it was like okay, that makes sense. Why say in Italy then? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, Needless to say, I have no interest in this one. So you will be there day one. One any shape, way, or form. I don't know why you watch it. I don't know why you see it. Is you know it can exist over somewhere else. Sounds perfect for you. Uh, You shut your face. Now that's actually the last proper news story of the week, but I do have a little bonus. uh, Oh God, what have you done? Item. No, 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 no. Uh, I will give a, a slight spoiler warning uh, for Better Call Saul because this is going to spoil one scene from the finale. But there was a script excerpt from the, the finale uh, shared by uh, during a Rolling Stone interview. It was shared. Um, and some of it was surprising how it was written. But I, I just wanted to read it out for a bit of fun and just uh, share it with people. So uh, it's not a super plot-heavy scene in the finale, but it does spoil a couple of things. So if you haven't watched the Better Call Saul finale, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you uh, next time. But for everyone else, uh, here's a, a scene. Gene. Shit! He grits his teeth, stands there, and then... 
crumples to the floor, flat on his back on the dirty concrete, rock bottom. He stays like that for a long moment, and then Gene's gaze, gaze lands on something above him. Jagged words scratched into the ceiling. My lawyer will ream you assholes. And now Gene does something new and unexpected. He emits a small, sincere laugh. We watch Gene from behind as he slowly uncurls and rises to his feet. He squares his shoulders, shout, shoots his cuffs, and steps to the cell door. Now here's his face, and he's different. This guy knows the score. He knows exactly what to do. It's halfway to Jekyll and Hyde's transformation because the man in the cell isn't just a helpless felon. He's Saul fucking Goodman. As a fugitive, he was playing a game he didn't know, but now that he's in the system, his system, he's like Kal-El waking up under a yellow sun. In this place, he has superpowers. Saul, let's call him that, that's who he is, bangs on the door with his open palms. Hey, another phone call. I need another phone call. End of okay. excerpt. That's interesting, because I know obviously we had a variation on that where he sees the writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. Cell. I wasn't like it wasn't because there was like some big difference or something. It was it was towards the end where they started dropping f bombs about how he saw F and Goodman and compared them to Cal L waking up under a yellow sun. That I was like, okay, this is actually really funny. Like how much of this like like sort of flavor did they I, put I, into I, their scripts? <laughs> maybe I need to rewatch that scene because it you know I, I don't remember that feeling like that was the scene where he flipped into being. So like not as dramatically as they make it sound there anyway. Yeah, yeah, maybe some things change from you know page to screen and when they were shooting yeah. whatever, but like you know what scene this is, and I just that description, he's like Cal Hell waking up under a yellow sun as he becomes Saul Goodman. It's yeah. freaking amazing. That's pretty great. <laughs> so it gave me a chuckle. I thought it'd be a fun little thing to tack on to the end of the end of the news this week. So yeah. uh very good. Uh, and also another little thing about Saul that I saw pointed out uh, just you know since we reviewed it is um there's a it's from towards the end of Breaking Bad he's trying to convince Walt hey maybe getting arrested won't be so bad you're kind of like a kingpin you'll you'll walk in like a king and you'll be treated like royalty or, you know, it was it was something to that effect and that's actually how Saul like that's that's what his and ends is. up yeah, yeah. There's, there's some again just some wonderful like oh you you teasing like foreshadowing circle genius bastard you <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was interesting i just thought it was an interesting little bit of, yeah bit, bit of anecdote to end the show on oh, man. it was so good mm. one episode what a show so there you go uh that is this week's uh almost cancelled tv news uh, thank you for joining us um i will take this time to thank our patreon producers so thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Uh, they are all producers over at Patreon. You can support us over there uh, at multiple tiers uh, and keep all the content coming, keep this show coming, keep all the reviews coming, the movie podcast over at Mail Fuzz Movies coming. Uh, all of it does help. You can also support us by hitting the super thanks button below the video. Or if you want to do it without spending some pennies, you can like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications, comment, all that stuff. Share us around on Twitter. Uh, which of course is at mail underscore fuzz uh, for the TV channel updates and stuff. So there you go. Uh, that is uh, that is the show. So uh, nothing made Connor drink this week. So it's a sad day for him. Uh, it didn't make me drink, but I did have a glass of whiskey anyway, just because it was the end of a long night at work. And why not? Mm. It's a Friday night. I feel entitled. 
Good. Oh, I can just myself, justify myself to you. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Says long night at work. He was actually at a, a meeting where everyone sat in a circle with the chairs. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Sounds nicer than work. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that is us. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>